Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Another week gone by in golf, and another week where Magic Mike Creedy and myself, Roscoe, your two hosts of the My Love of Golf podcast, join you to give you our insights into the week that was, and uh, and more importantly, hopefully bring you some tipping joy. Maybe Magic Mike has got some tipping joy for this week. Wasn't so much joy last week, maybe, but uh, we'll bring him in, and we'll talk about all of that and everything else that's going on in golf. Enjoy, sit back, relax, grab your cup of tea, grab your cup of Bonox, uh, grab your cup of whatever it is you tipple and um you know listen to us talk about our golf Magic Mike, good evening. Uh, welcome back to the Mile of Golf Podcast. Thanks again for taking up your time uh, with my time and, and joining us. Thanks for having me on your podcast, Ross. Yeah, it's great for you to come on our podcast, Mike. Um, uh, that whole intro is certainly unscripted, uh, but I do have a question <laughs> uh, that comes out of it, for, as I usually do. Um, yeah. Have you ever had a couple of Bonox? No. Do you know what Bonox is? Uh, yeah, it was a drink that, People drank in the eighties, early eighties, like a little, like a little uh, soother, wasn't it? Or something that, yeah. Uh, I think of it like as not a cup of tea. I actually think of it as, as in my brain, it's like a cup of chicken stock, something like that. It's something that's not, yeah. Uh, beef stock, actually. Um, but I, I, I don't know where Bonox came from. I haven't had a cup of Bonox for a long time since winter. Uh, watching Heart of Midlothian play Motherwell in uh, Tynecastle Park in Edinburgh. It is a uh, drink that's sold um, and drunk, obviously, very widely in the in the U- in UK. Um, Bonox. My parents drank it as a kid, and I used to be repulsed by it. They'd mm. Have a cup of Bonox in winter. Uh, it's like a meat stock cube, like you put it, yeah. in, and you'd put it into hot water and you'd dissolve it and you'd drink it like a meaty, frothy drink. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I just noticed that uh, this week in the download charts that we had rocketed up the charts in the UK into the top 60s. Now, it's obviously UK is a big market. So it's just a bit of a, a bit of a thought to our UK listeners. Um, <laughs> they're coming out of their Bonox season. They're, they're coming out of the winter. The golf season's about to hit them. Um, mm. As as they, uh, you know, the winter is, subsides and the, the warm weather comes and the longer nights. Um, did you see, speaking of uh, my Scottish friends, um, off on a tangent already, the Aurora Borealis that was visible through Basically, entirety of Scotland in the last couple of nights. No, you ever seen no. the, the aurora borealis in your travels, Mike? No, uh, no, definitely not. I've seen pictures, and that's about it. Oh, it's now one of my uh, next uh, goals in in my little small uh, life that I've lived to go and see the aurora borealis. And last night it was visible in Edinburgh. Usually, only right up the top of Scotland that's visible. What you know, my, I asked my wife this question. Do you know what the um, southern hemisphere equivalent to the aurora borealis is? Uh, no, it's I'd your, guess it's, that. Your, it's the Aurora Australis, which is probably oh, yeah. visible in Tasmania. Which I was also thinking about today because Barnboogle came up into the uh conversation, the golf conversation. It usually comes back, comes up all the time because mm. not a day goes past in the drum and golf world where someone plops up three dozen golf balls of their choice, <laughs> two packets of tees, three gloves, and a wet weather glove, and maybe a warm player. 
and it's usually a dead giveaway off the bum boogle. Yeah, mate. How'd you know? Oh, you've just got the essential yep. pack there. Oh, <laughs> um, Essentials. We, we've talked about a couple of trips uh, potentially. Bum boogles, is that back yeah. on the horizon for the team? The peak? No? Done it? It is. Yeah. I've been, I've been there a lot. Um, it is. I'm happy for you to organise it, but I think you're running out of time because okay. I don't really want to be there after Anzac Day. You don't, want to, you don't want to be there in Bonnock season is what you're saying, where that all comes back to. Okay, no. Let's get, let's I've, been, I've been there on days when it's unplayable for, for wind and, and chill and uh, rain, and no, I'd, I'd much prefer to try and find a nice day in the middle of, middle of the heat. Uh, well, a couple of golf trips coming up for me, golf work slash sort of, Podcast. No one's buying that, mate. Nobody's buying that. That it's golf and work. Yeah, no. Yeah, no it's it's just fun. It's all yeah. golf and it's all work. Uh, yeah. uh, New South Wales Open. Going to the New South Wales Open. Uh, some good stuff happening around that, uh, which I'll be able to share more about in the week of the New South Wales Open or the week leading up to the New South Wales Open. We can talk about uh, a potential Adelaide trip um, and the, the pros and cons of that as we get through. But what else have we got to talk about? Last week's Honda Classic tipping. How did we go? How did we go? Um, it was a funny week. We did talk about it last week. Um, we only threw out three names out of the data lake, and would you believe Chris Kirk was one of them, and he was the winner. So anyone who tailed that had a good week. Um, yeah, look, it it it's a deflating week. I think a friend of mine messaged me and said, geez, the, no one's playing Honda. And I said, no, well, you know, they can't play every week. It's not the way it works. I know that the live lovers will come out and, you know, put it on the Honda Classic as such a poor event. But, I mean, the Phoenix Open, they played for $20 million. The next week at Genesis, they played for $20 million. Then they had the Honda for $7 million. Then they have this week Arnold Palmer Invitational for $20 million, And the week after is, is the Players' Championship for $20 million. So out of those five events, which one do you think people aren't going to turn up to? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The one that uh, was run, won by Chris Kirk. That the one that Chris of, Kirk won. That a lot of people haven't really sort of been following or some people even haven't heard about, you know, like once again, in the barometer of uh, the everyday golf uh, world, the drum and golf shop is a great barometer. You talk mm. to people, did you watch PJ Tour this morning? Did you see Chris Kirk? We never heard of him. Um, yeah. Yeah, you have to be a couple of layers deep in, in the knowledge of the tour to, to know who Chris Kirk was and, and, and the journey. Um, also a great story mm. in itself. Yeah, it was, yeah. It's um, yeah. For those that don't know, he's he battled alcoholism for quite a long time and um, got clean. I want to say maybe two years ago, rough, rough, off the top of my head. Um, and yeah, he's been playing some reasonable golf, and he uh, he really started to have a look at where he could make the biggest stint this year. And I think it was probably a smart decision for him to try and pick this event off because um, he was one of the guys that was probably sitting in a reasonable spot in the in the middle of the field and with all the top tier disappearing it was it was a good attempt to to get a win and he did he won uh he won in a playoff with uh, against eric cole and oh look like a lot of the playoffs that we see it was um i won't say it was uneventful but it's one of those ones where you just think someone's just got to win this just some it almost felt like you wanted to reach out and shake him and say one of you needs to just you know reach down and hold yourself and really just get out and just throttle this win and, and they just both didn't look like they wanted to do it but how many, um, how yeah many in the end Chris got there how many holes was it in the end I want to say it was uh, three or four it was like it was like the last I can't hole. remember if they didn't get it done then it was like come back tomorrow because it was dark 
It was, yeah. I know I'm mixing up my brain because I know there was a you know, 45 hole playoff in the TPS Hunter Valley. Um, it was one of those ones where it was more what was coming down the stretch. So down the stretch, uh, coming down 18, Chris Kirk had the lead by one and he hit his three wood into the green. I think it was a three wood. And he, um, he put it in the water, the one place he couldn't hit it. So ended up making bogey. Cole was in a great spot, ended up um, greenside for two. All he had to do was chip up and down for birdie and the two-shot swing he was going to get the win. And he hit a real chunky chip that ran all the way through and he could only make par, which is what sent it through to the, the playoff in the first place. Um, and then, yeah, I think it was a little bit of the same. Eric Cole hasn't really had too many um, times when he's been in position to win. He's only his first uh, his first uh, season on the PGA Tour. Before that, he was on Corn Ferry. Um I think he he's either plays around this area or he's, he spent a bit of time here, so he he was someone I think that the locals were probably cheering on a little bit, and um yeah, it was just one of those ones where they they both were um yeah I don't know I I didn't know who was going to win at any given point I don't think either of them looked super confident but in the end yeah probably the class prevailed is probably the best way to put it. Now Eric Cole, another you know one of those stories that just proves that. If you grind hard enough and uh, stick at it, that uh, you can make your way, even at a, a more mature age. I think I'm think he's like mid thirties or thirty something. Um, yeah, but he's playing mini tours and he's quite prolific mm. on the mini tours, and then progressed to the Corn Ferry Tour and and yep. did quite well there. But you know, many years later, after starting his journey as a professional golfer, here he is on the PGA Tour and you know has won a lot of money. Haven't won. Not sure what prize money did he get? Nine hundred thousand or something like that. Uh, good question. I, I, for second place, yeah, he probably would have been. Oh, no, it wouldn't have been that much. Not this week. Kirk probably, um, or Kirk got one point five. So you might have been maybe seven, seven hundred, eight hundred. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, like you said, I think the number that they're floating around this week in the commentary, I think he'd won fifty mini tour events ish, mid fifties. Um, yeah, and then scrapped his way on the on the Corn Ferry, and then obviously, yeah, got his way through last year in the um the finals, and now he's got a PGA Tour card. So is the Arnold Palmer, so just to jump to the Arnold Palmer and then come back, mm-hmm. is the Arnold Palmer an elevated event? It is. It yeah. is. So, and yeah. then you've got to, uh, the players, which is obviously an elevated event, being the fifth major. Yep. yep. Um, okay. So the Arnold Palmer, so we've had the Genesis. What else? Phoenix. Phoenix. Okay. API and then. So there's, um, there's a few stacked up this end of the season then. Yeah, well, I think they're going to have, I think it's 20 altogether, yeah. huh? Um and they the, the the head honchos the powers that be get I think they get to mail in one I think they can get, take one off right uh, they're not quite sure how it's all shaking out yet and obviously we've talked a lot about this year being the year where they're still nailing things down and next year they will um, have a much more clear um, picture of where they're playing and when they're starting and when they're finishing and what's elevated and what the rules look like but um yeah it, it'd be you would think it'd be pretty heavy and then obviously. The after players, I would guess that it's probably going to be um, the next one to be the Masters. I guess, not sure. Thirty-seven days to the Masters. Uh, I went to. Um, I could have put my Masters hat on, but I had my uh, the Open hat at, at hand. Um, I'm not sure how many days to the Open. Uh, of course, at Royal Liverpool, I'm still negotiating uh, possible possible uh, leave passes for that. Um, the oh, sorry, I should say it's yeah API then players. 
then we have um, a couple of non-elevated, and then the Dell match play. So that's the last time they're playing the Dell match play at in uh, Austin, Texas. That's elevated at twenty million, and then the next one after that, the Masters. Okay, so you know, as a an event that sits in a pretty stacked sort of period of elevated events. Yeah, you know, the Honda Classic was once upon a time a pretty big event in itself, but yeah. obviously not anymore. Do you think that it's a good thing that, you know, the players, the, the ones that we probably all want to see and turn on the TV and watch aren't mm-hmm. there? And, and, you know, like the, almost like the, you know, I cope, you keep using this term reserve grade, sort of gets a chance to sort yeah. of play? Yeah, well, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think my frustration with Twitter of late is um, people, uh, it's not like it's new news, people just go on Twitter to complain, right? No, I get that. But, you know, you have a you have a good field on the PGA Tour and everyone shuts up and then as soon as there's a poor field, um, you know, lives better and then the next minute, you know, these guys should be playing every week or at, at the end of the day, they're not going to play every week. The future is, you know, Elevated or S, what do they call them? Elevated events, whatever yeah. they call them. I can't remember. Designated events. They're going to have 20 events where you're going to see the best players, and that's it. Think of them as WGCs, think of them as whatever you like. And then the other events, you're going to have, if they want to play, anyone can play those, obviously. But the guys that are in there are going to be the guys fighting to finish in a good enough position to then get themselves into the elevated events. That's, that's just the way it's going to work. Um, and I think that's fair and reasonable because people are paying to see. The big, the bigger names play, so they're going to get more money. Um, it keeps them there. Obviously, PGA Tour wants to make sure they're remunerated, so they're not jumping ship to go and play on the uh, Saudi Tour. So that just that's just the way it's going to work. So it is disappointing. Like if I'm Honda, obviously Honda's not extending their uh, sponsorship, so they're disappearing this year. So an event I think that's been around for fifty years won't be called the Honda Classic next year. It'll be called something else. Um, but from all reports, there'll still be another event there. It'll be the same course, same whatever. It just might be sponsored by Honda and, and it might be sponsored by somebody else. It might be just picked up by the PGA Tour for a year, not sure. But it gives people a chance to play. So Chris Kirk right now, he's gone and done what he had to do. He's playing API this week. Um, and then, yeah, if he has another reasonable, he might be in, you know, I don't know where he sits for the players, but he, he you know he's working to get himself into that top 50. So he's eligible for things like you know, the Masters. Or whatever it is. So that's that's what they're all trying to do, tear themselves up, which is, yeah, that's the way it should be. Um, a, couple of, a couple of other names in the uh, results rundown there that, that stick out. Um, one that we tend to talk about a little bit, Sepp Straka. You know, he's uh, obviously now featuring in, in sort of the minds of the Ryder Cup uh, Pickers, uh, the people that are sort of guessing on who might make a Ryder Cup squad. He's certainly been more talked about than uh, one of my favourites, Bobby McIntyre at the moment. Uh, Shane Lowry up there. We had um, had an Aussie up there once again. Um, we did, yeah. Cam Percy. Probably one that people weren't expected. certainly wasn't expecting to see up there. Yeah, he played very well this week, Cam. Uh, T12. Aussie Cam Percy, like he's he is... Been on again, like almost like a year on the tour, a year off tour, a year on tour, a year off tour. Um, I'm not sure where he's sitting, sort of money or whatever else, but he's 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 played a few events at the start of the year. But it's great to see him up there. T12, he's he makes a few cuts, but um, misses a few. But that's great to see him up there. 
Um, he does. He's, he's right on the borderline at the moment. So he's, he's projected currently FedEx Cup. So he obviously wants to finish top one, two, five. That all locks up his card for next year. He's sitting right around that bubble. He's around 120, 130. Okay. Um, the other, the other bloke that, that made the cut and ended up finishing last of the people that made the cut. But you know who that was? Jeff Ogilvy. Ah, yes, 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 sir. That was news. I uh, birdied, the, birdied the last hole on his uh, second round to um, make the cut by one. Big Jeff. I wonder what Jeff's plans are. Like, uh, you know, he, he, I remember when I interviewed Jeff for uh, Full Swing Golf Kit down at the Vic Open, not this year, but last year. So we made a little four minute video with Jeff. And yep. I was asking, just, Asked him some questions to get some uh, stuff on camera, and I think I might have said, you know, finish, you know, general terms. I said, finish now on tour, or words to that effect. And uh, yeah. I remember he shot me a look, and I remember stumbling on that look, going, "Oh, I've said the wrong thing there," and just reflecting on that. And it, it was probably clearly he's not finished on tour and has the opportunity still and wants to play some more. And yeah. lo and behold, here we see Birdie's on the last hole of the uh, 36 hole, makes the cut, and uh, That's it. plays a whole weekend. Good on you, Jeff. Well, he's, he, he's only played two events this year. He's made the cut at both, uh, Pebble Beach and the Honda, and he's playing this week um, in Puerto Rico. So there you go. Because it's a doubleheader this week, of course. Doubleheader this week, yeah. So you've got the, um, the elevated, escalated, designated event um, for API. Hold and on, then you've on, got the elevated, escalated. I don't know. I don't know what's called. <laughs> it's the, the big event, the big dog event, the big dog event for the twenty million. And then you've got um, Puerto Rico. So I should say for anyone in the data lake, my apologies, because firstly, on Monday when I was doing all of my work, trying to rush through getting the data lake ready, I put up the Corrales event, which is in the Dominican Republic. So I did the wrong work. So if you are in there, I, ha- I have reposted the event from Puerto Rico and not the Dominican Republic. So my apologies there. Uh, what what is the Corrales event? It's the Punta the Punta Corrales Punta Canta yeah, Resort. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, here's me half asleep on a Tuesday looking at it, going, "That's not the right event." <laughs> oh, I saw something funny on Twitter. I was speaking of Twitter, um, using the word what just sounded like Punta Canta. Um, yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I was going to say you're treading a very fine line. Yeah, there. We're going to have to put the, the explicit, uh, explicit podcast up. <laughs> it was someone said it, and then uh, Nick O'Hearn. Uh, there's a grab there from Nick O'Hearn's commentary at the TPS in the Hunter Valley, and it sort of sounded like it, oh. it was quite funny. You probably saw it. Anyway. No, I saw the yes. The is it Rod? Was it Roger Davis on the 18th hole at whatever? No, maybe I'm thinking of a different yeah. different one no, floating no, around. No, no, it was it wasn't Roger Davis. It was um, can't remember who it was, but it was yeah. It was a golfer, Australian golfer of that ilk yeah. era, uh, describing era. wherever they were playing Metro. I can't remember where it was. Uh, it was the Royal Melbourne, the 18th hole. <laughs> was it Royal Melbourne? Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, go. I can watch. I, I literally someone sent it to me on one of my golf WhatsApp groups, and I was like, oh, I watched it and did laugh. Actually, uh, you, you we'll keep talking, and I'll try and ply through Twitter and and uh, don't. So you can't play it. No, I'm not going to play it. No, oh, I was going to say. I'm just going to let you know because it's actually, if you're into, into a bit of um, Aussie golf history, uh, who is it? Well, while, you're, while you're looking for it, I'll, I'll quickly wrap up Honda. Oh, um, yeah, go, go for that. Yeah. So we did have two people 
that picked Chris Kirk as their winner. I don't know whether they told the data lake or just whether they're very smart. Uh, Morgie and Luke H both had it. Um, so he had, they both had the winner. For the leaderboard, Sean D still sitting first position. Loader, 79, moves up to uh, Live Loader, we'll call him. Uh, very big Live Golf fan in the in the, um, in the Discord group is Loader. Uh, he's sitting in second place. Uh, marketing Doc, the doctor, is in third. Tish is still sitting in fourth. And Morgie jumps up to fifth. So uh, that's the top five. And they're all swimming way above four to five million. Uh, you, my friend Ross, are sitting in 17th position. It's about two and a half mil. Uh I am sitting in 33rd, just under two, and the Rocket Man is sitting in 53rd with $955,000. So this week, for everyone, don't forget two events to pick. So you need to pick someone in uh, Puerto Rico and someone in Arnold Palmer event. Don't be one of the teepster tippers that forgot. Um, there are plenty of people there that we know that are very active and didn't pick. Um, I think... Um, did Pultz forget this week? Someone he, forgot this he, week. He I, there, I didn't. I can't remember the names. And I don't have it in front of me. But there were a number of names that I was expecting that would have been tipping that didn't tip. Um, yeah, it happens. More down to the two people that beat Chris Kirk. Uh, yeah, good get, very good get in an off week. You're not exactly burning one of your big um, draw cards there if you've used Chris Kirk and picked up one and a half mil. No, or well, myself and the thirty-five other people that picked Sung J M. Um, he didn't give us too much. He got us a little yep. bit of bank, but not a lot of bank. He nine thousand dollars or something like that. Not much at all. Yeah, 20, 20 oh, that's a, Don't feel bad. I um, I had Adam Svensson, and he was travelling pretty well for most of the week. And then on the last uh, the last round, he set fire to all of my money. So um, I don't know what he shot in the final round of five or six over. I think it was terrible. Adam Svensson is your smotherman. No, Adam Svensson's a guy that. He's going to win on tour. He just he just can't put it all together at the minute. He's he he's not far away, but he's a, he's a year ahead of Smotherman. Smotherman's a year away from winning something. He might come out and win this week in uh, in um, Puerto Rico. But no, I think um, what did Svensson shoot? He shot uh, seventy four plus one final round. So that was a t forty nine. Um, even if he just shot even par, he would have been top twenty. So that sets some fire. To cash. Do we want to talk about? Um, do we want to go straight to talking about the Puerto Rico and the Arnold Palmer? Oh, we'll we'll do it. We'll do it quickly. Um, we're not going to spend too much time on Puerto Rico. Um, gee, if you thought the uh, event in Honda was lean, wait till you hear this lineup. I'll just I'll just run through the top handful of people that are in the betting market, which gives you an indication of who people will be leaning to. Nate Lashley. Akshay Bhatia. Is he going to keep his gear on? No, he did like getting his kid off last week. Two times. Um, He did. Uh, Andrew Novak, Sam Stevens, Scott Piercy, Bryce Garnett, Eric Van Royen, MJ Defee, Ryan Gerrard, Brandon Harkins, Cameron Percy, Dylan Wu. That's what we're dealing with, people. That's so, the, is, um, that the, is that the data lake tips? Is that no, it? that's that's the market. That's oh, literally right. the market. Um, the data lake tips, the guys that I'm looking at, let's see if we can do this two weeks in a row. I don't mind Dylan Wu. Um, so the names I'm going to read out are embarrassing. Uh, Martin Trainer, Andrew Novak, Ben Martin. Ben Martin's not 
is probably one that I think a lot of people are leaning to and yeah, the favorite Nate Knight, Nate Lashley. I mean, really the data that we pull out of these tournaments that are sitting um, in South America, you don't have the strokes gain stuff. So if I look at someone like Nate Lashley, what I'm looking at is he finished 61 at Phoenix, 20th at Genesis. So that's pretty good golf. And then he's only played here twice for a seventh and an eighth. That's why he's favorite. There's no other, there's nothing else behind it. So he's someone that people will be picking. And the other one I'll sort of give you the example of is Ben Martin. So Ben Martin finished 13th at Pebble, fifth at the Honda. So again, two good tournaments coming in. Um, he's played here five, six times. He's had a third or 14th. He missed his cut last time around. But I mean, he clearly knows the course well enough to have a good result here when he's playing well at the moment. So they're the sort of things that people should be looking at when they're picking their tip this week. I've never heard of Ben Martin. Why have I not heard of Ben Martin? I just don't know it that, that well and that deep enough? Or? Um, no, look, I mean, he's a guy that sort of sits again in the middle of, middle of the road. I think when you have these secondary tour events, guys like him are, are, are making their way up. You know, they're not – you can't keep up with all of them. What are they? 300 on the PGA Tour alone, I guess, that cycle through. Um, but no, it's a – he's not exactly going to be top of the – top of the pops in the in the odds this week. I would tell you he's going to be sitting around 30 or 40s, somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah. And then, so will you have a data lake for Puerto Rico and then a data lake for... I do, yep. So the data lake, that, that's effectively the data lake. It's just looking at course form and recent form. When it comes to uh, Puerto Rico, when it comes to Arnold Palmer, there's a lot more going. So Arnold Palmer, we've pulled in a lot of data. Uh, the main things we're looking at this week, it's, you know, a second shot golf course. So strokes gain approach, uh, Tita Green I'm looking at as well. Some, a little bit of putting, uh, greens in reg. Um, and then how, uh, strokes gain approach from roughly 150 to 200 yards. So guys, it's really heavy to those guys that are pretty good ball strikers. Uh, the guys that are at the top, I know you find this really hard to believe. There's a guy called John Rahm. He's going quite well at the moment. Shock horror, he comes up at the top of the data lake. To put it in perspective, I know we've talked about these numbers before, and I know the numbers will mean nothing to, to anybody. But when I pull all these numbers together, you are then assigned a rank, a, a number, right? And that number sits at Francesco Molinari's at the bottom. He's at 30.88. That's his number, Okay. Normally, the top of the field, like the guys that are really, really good, they're sitting in the low single digits, you know, four and a half, 2.5, whatever. 2.5 is a great score, right? That means this guy rates extremely high in, in the numbers that I'm looking at. You know what John Rahm's rating is this week? 0.97. <laughs> like, he's off the charts, hands down, rating as the best, which is, you know, of course he is. It's all based on um, how he's performing this year, so it all makes sense. Um, but I mean, in the stats that we're looking at, he ranks sixth in strokes gain approach of, of 300 or whatever it is, third in tee to green, tenth in approach from 150 to 175, ninth in putting, third in greens in reg or fringe, and second in 175 to 200 approach. Like that's that's a freak show. Uh, there's not really a weakness there, is there? No, no. Well, if you look at someone like Max Homer, right, for the same. To put it into context, Max Homer's unbelievable, having an exceptional year. He is sitting 15th in strokes gain approach, 12th in tee to green, not bad scores, 5th in putting, 42nd in greens in reg or fringe, and 20th in 175 to 200. However, he's 119th in 150 to 175. So that pulls his number down substantially. 
Um, Morikawa is similar. He's very high in a lot of stats, but putting is in around 94th because he's up and down with the putter. So who else is second shot strong? Uh, everyone. Everyone's second shot strong. Look, the guys that are at the top of the board will go down to we'll go 15 because I think we normally go 15. Yep. Uh, John Rahm, Xander Shoffley, Tony Finau, Colin Morikawa, Tom Hoagie, Siwoo Kim, Tom Kim, Scotty Scheffler, Ricky Fowler, Max Homer, Cameron Young, KH Lee, Jason Day, Nick Taylor, and Sung Jm. Jason Day is one that I'll, I'm actually having a sneaky suspicion he might play well at the players. I hope he gets in. Um, but yeah, he's a sort of the, the Aussies, we, they love playing down this part of the world. Uh, what do you think that is? Don't know. Don't know. It's just when they come down to this part of the world, Aussies seem to play well. Okay. Yeah. And I was just thinking about it last night. I thought, oh, you know what? He might not win Bay Hill. Maybe he will. But you know, I just had this feeling he might win the, the players for no apparent reason. Uh, it's, well, it's good to see uh, Jason Day back and playing some good golf. Uh, you know, it is. Obviously been a few years since he's been sort of featuring anything. But uh, but when know, he comes out and says he's not worried about winning tournaments, he just wants to get back to number one in the world, That that's a guy who's clearly working hard because that's a pretty big target when you think about the guys that are running around at the moment. Uh, well, good luck, Jason. Um, I'm not sure who I'll tip. Uh, you've got me excited about maybe pulling John Rahm card. Like, you can't really argue with 0.09. No. Um, effectiveness. No, and if you're going to pick him, you need to pick him in a, one of the big events or the majors, simple as that. Um, I, look, I'll tell you, I picked, I took Colin Morikawa um, only because when I looked at the top of the list here, I've already used Rahm, I've already used Xander. Uh, so it was either Finau or Morikawa, and something just told me I'm leaning Morikawa. I think it was his last finish at Genesis. He finished, so he finished ninth here a few years ago at the API, and he finished sixth at the Genesis. So I just thought, you know what, I might lean Morikawa this week. But again, as long as he finishes top five, I'm wrapped. Had another glance through full swing uh, during the week. Uh, did yep. did fall asleep uh, on Saturday night watching Rory. Yep. Um, but one of the glasses that I had um, in a review was the Colin Morikawa. He didn't really yep. he didn't really stand out. I didn't like. I thought it was weird when he was talking to the Adidas designers and just talking about all of that. I didn't. Did you? Yeah, I, I get. I get. I, I expect they'd say life all the time. Yeah, it was, it was quite funny how they edited it and they cut across to the to the uh, you know the other participants there in the meeting and they all looked down and started writing. Take your notes. Yeah, um, hey, that's every boardroom I've ever been in. Um, but I'm pretty sure that he actually wore a green and apricot shirt at some stage. He definitely, he definitely wore um, something along those lines. I, I would, I want to guess that was that was scripting for one of the majors. I think. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it was, but I do remember you. You're right, but I don't know how he, what color pants and top mix he was wearing. Uh, anyway, um, by the by, I, I should say because we did talk about it last week. I did have homework to make. Mrs. Magic Mike, watch some full swing. And I did get her to watch one episode. Um, and so because I had to choose the episode and I had to choose carefully, I chose the Joel Damon episode. So I thought that might be one she'd resonate with. And I just said to her, I want you to watch it and I want some feedback and I want to hear if you've got any questions and I want you to get, just talk, tell me, ask me anything. And we got to about, um, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes in and she said, this guy's never going to make it. He just doesn't believe in himself. <laughs> she goes, 
any 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 person that gets to the peak of their um, performance in sports truly believes in himself or herself. And this guy doesn't have it, and he's got to he's got to, and he won't improve if he doesn't. And she's probably right. Um, and that was probably the crux of a lot of the story. And she, but she was very cautious because her biggest concern was, oh, I don't want this to end up that he wins this big tournament, and you're going to tell me that. You know, see, he didn't believe himself, but he still won the big tournament because she didn't know the results. Um, so that was one of the outtakes. The other outtakes was she said it was okay. It wasn't one of those ones where she's like, oh, yeah, cool. Um, but she said, oh, you know, I think it's probably one of those things where I probably need to watch it the whole way through to see the arc of the story of these people. I said, well, you don't really get that in this because each episode is an individual story and there are links in the background, but it's not not the same as telling a story of the players all the way through and how they interact. And she was like a bit surprised. And I said, but would, like I was watching the golf, so I'm watching the golf this weekend. Would you care how he went? She goes, oh, maybe. Like I might say, what happened to that guy? Did he ever, you know, pull his head out of his bum? Um, but yeah, she wasn't exactly, you know, dying to watch another episode. Well, because uh, we did talk about that, I think, when it was Friday, I was on the way back from Survivor Golf. I had another experience at Survivor Golf this time. Uh, you'll remember a couple of weeks ago I went to Easton, which was great to see Easton. Obviously got hit by the floods, great facility, fairly new course, all that sort of thing. Great, um, I'm not sure if it was a Greg Norman design, whatever. Um, it was great. Anyway, Survivor Golf had its second round in Victoria, went across to Clifton Springs, a course that I'd never played at, uh, part of the world uh, on the Bellarine Peninsula. I'd never really ventured up to that sort of little corner of the uh, the Bellarine. And uh, it's a beautiful little course, 18-hole track nestled in on the water there on the Bellarine Peninsula. Looking back over the Yuyangs, you could see the planes taking off from Avalon. You could see the, uh, the jets doing some rehearsal-type stuff for the air show that's on. You can look across the Geelong. It's, it's a fairly, yeah, you'd call it a country golf course, you know, a couple of dog legs straight up and down, a couple of interesting holes, a couple of not so interesting holes. But it was a great, another great event for Survivor Golf. Um, put on, you know, someone, a couple of young fellas won a ticket to uh, Port Douglas uh, for the national final. It was all good fun. But we were talking on the way home from that as I was coming back across the uh, Queenscliff Ferry. Um, if you want to know how to get across there, the ferry is the way to go, but be prepared to pay, um, especially if you drive a four-wheel drive. It's not cheap. But uh, anyway, by the by, that's just a little tourist announcement if you come into Victoria and you want to go from the Mornington Peninsula where there's plenty of good golf across to the Bellarine Peninsula where there's equally there's plenty of good golf it'll cost you a hundred and something to get there and back on the ferry um, I asked Mrs. My Love of Golf a similar sort of question uh, in relation to the homework set by yourself Mike, would you watch some golf anyway I was I asked this question on Sunday because I was at home watching the TPS at Hunter Valley in Cessnock, my hometown, Cypress Lakes, probably the first, it was definitely the first sort of resort-style course that was built up there. There's now three. The Vintage is the best. Cypress Lakes is number two. And uh, Crown Plaza, where they host the Jack, is number three. And uh, Mrs. Mullover Golf came back from, I think she'd been to Frankston. And uh, I was expecting just to get the remote control and turn the golf off because pretty much when there's two of us in the room, the golf doesn't go on the golf stayed on and she didn't ask for it to be turned off and I kept watching and because I think she knew that it was in my hometown so she wanted to see anyway uh, Lincoln Ty who um, sadly obviously didn't get the job done in a playoff again 
um, was in the bushes there. If you saw the hole where he uh, whiffed it into the left, down the par, I think it's par five, par four, into the trees, into the trees again, made a bogey, double bogey. And she started asking, oh, why is he playing out of there and what's happening? And, and then it crossed back to Brett Coletta, who um, the commentators, Mark Allen and, and Nick O'Hearn, were saying, well, Brett's going to have to stick around. And she's like, why does he have to stick around? I said, oh, well, he's got to stick around because he's the clubhouse leader, um, but this bloke's probably got to beat him anyway because he's got plenty of holes to go and, and blah, blah, blah. Well, of course, I didn't watch the end of it. We went out, had to go out. Uh, I flicked it on the phone when we were out. I said, oh, guess what? Oh, because she's also saying, oh, I like the look of Brett Coletta. He looks like a nice boy and all that sort of stuff. You know, just, you know, winding me up, so to speak. And I said, oh, well, you look, your boy Brett Coletta won. Oh, I thought you said he, he wasn't going to win. I said, well, clearly he was. Just won the four-hole playoff. So um, well done to Brett Coletta um, mm. for at least having an one level of cut through in the golfing interest with uh, my wife, Mrs. My Love of Golf, because <laughs> she's never watched a minute of golf and self-proclaimed would rather stick pins in her eyes than watch golf. Well, Brett Coletta, um, you had some level of interest um, from Mrs. My Love of Golf. Brett Coletta, what a great young golfer. Had some interesting results across his career. You remember Brett Coletta? He was the uh, finished second at the Asia-Pacific Amateur in 2016, turned pro, had some good results in New South Wales Open, a few other, you know, went overseas. Mm. Um, anyway, back out. Back out He's been playing Corn Ferry Tour for the last Corn couple of years on and off, I think. Corn Ferry Tour on and off. Um, mm. Comes back out here and uh, picks up the prize at the TPS. He did, yeah. It was, a uh, again, probably one of those playoffs that just goes round and round in circles and, and neither of them could... Um, Knocked the other bloke out. Lincoln Teague, I thought, God, I thought, I, I thought he was, he, had, he just didn't get there. And I'm disappointed. Well, I was, I was disappointed for him because he had a very similar, obviously, one at the Vic PGA down at Myrna Links because it was the same sort of thing for him. And he has he has been in the uh, in the tips probably every single week except for this week, I think. Um, most events he's played since Myrna Links. Um, so it's good to see him up there again and still playing good golf. I just think he's, he seems to uh, always have the one round where he doesn't quite tie it together. This week he tied all four together, which is why he was right there at the pointy end. But yeah, just um, when someone comes out and shoots 61 on a Sunday, it does um, does rocket them up the leaderboard. And like you said, Brett got to hang around and yeah, got the chocolates. Uh, it was a long hang around for Brett. And, I think uh, three and a half hours three, between yeah. when he knocked off and when he had to play off. I wonder what he did if he just stayed out there. Did he go down? To and he was sitting there on the couch. They kept there. crossing back to him. He was laying on the couch eating a bag of um, uh, vegetarian chips okay. and he had a glass of water next to him and, and um, he was watching it on his phone, the coverage, but he must have had the sound on. And... Um, it wasn't Nico Hearn. Um, yeah, I don't remember which commentator it was. Might have been Mark, Marco. And he sort of said, uh, I wonder if he's drinking a beer. And he said, hang on, he's on delay. We'll ask him, but it's going to take a second for him to reply. And they go, is that you drinking a beer? And then two second or three second, four second delay. He goes, no, 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 I'm not drinking beer. I'm, um, it's water. <laughs> so it was, it was quite funny. He literally was just laying on the couch. I think he had his shoes off. He still had his black socks on, his shorts that he'd played in and was just waiting. He could have went down to the chocolate factory, which is just down the road. He might have gone for a visit to Tempest Two Winery. Tempest Two Winery, Tyrrells. Uh, you know, where Mr. My Love of Golf, my, my, my dad worked for 46 years just down the road. Yep. Um, the cheese factory down there. Oh, he could have done so many things in that three and a half hours. He could have had a wine, winery tour, could have had a three well, course degustation I, I, lunch. 
I would say, like you said to um, Mrs. My Love of Golf, I think he probably was hopeful at best. He was just relaxing and just seeing how it was going to play out. And it was really only quite late that he went out to the range and hit a ball because, yeah, it was only that. I think, uh, I don't remember what Lincoln had late. I don't know if he bogeyed the last. I'll try to look it up. But I think he he was, you know, it wasn't really looking like he was still going to. It was like you said, he had enough holes that you thought, no, nah, he'll probably just still get there. He just never got there. Never, never, never um, broke away, I should say. Uh, did you see Lincoln getting it out of the trees? That hole? Where uh, yeah, a couple. Well, he did on the um, on the final hole where he lost it in the playoff too. So the final playoff hole, he duck hooked one into the trees on the left, and then I think he had a provisional do the same thing. Might be mixing up my brain. And then he had the chip out sideways, which he did. And then, um, yeah, Brett was in the middle of the fairway and, and knocked it onto the green. But, I mean, they just kept – they were just hitting very similar shots into the green. They both were just having a putt for a birdie, not making it back to the tee. And that's all it was. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, well, that was it at the TPS uh, Hunter Valley. Um, so we've got uh, – what have we got? We've got the New Zealand Open this week and then we've got uh, the New South Wales Open. New South, New South Wales up on the Murray, yeah. Up on the Murray. Uh, New Zealand Open. So uh, our boy Tommy Power Power Tommy Power Horan is at yes. the New Zealand Open. He had a week off last week. I checked in with him, and he had a week off last week. He did. So, um, he just freshened up for New Zealand Open. Uh, looks like there's a whole host of uh, New Zealand Australian golfers over there, as you'd expect. Of course, it's fairly obvious, Ross. Um, but I'm seeing all of the pictures uh, that these guys are sending through. All of the uh, Instagram stuff. They're all like. You and I would be mesmerised by the great scenery. I'm looking forward to watching uh, mm. this one, uh, Mike. I have. I'm. I'm pretty sure that we can see it on. Fox yeah, it'll Fox, be on yeah. Foxtel yeah. or Ko so here I'm in Australia. Looking forward to seeing um, it. Yeah, I played Millbrook. Millbrook was is is very very pretty. Uh, Jack's point. I probably like a bit more, which they're not playing this week. Um, but are they still playing this over a couple of courses, um, or is it just Millbrook? Why, why, why do I think this was played over at the Hills as well? Or is that the PGA? Uh, it's a good question. Um, no, I think the website's just telling me the Hills. Um, Millbrook. Millbrook's, I think they have, I want to say they've got 27 holes there. Um, yeah, great facility. Um, yeah. I went there on my honeymoon. So it was, um, and because I married a very, very, very lovely, beautiful woman, she uh, had a lovely massage in the... Um, and the facilities there, and I was out playing golf, which was a fantastic day. So you played the course? Yes. Uh, yes. Yep. 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 Uh, six, seven years ago now. But that was good. You know, it's not far from Arrowtown, out of Queenstown. Um, yeah, a bit further up. But no, it was it was a really good day. And yeah, very, very, very scenic. As you said, you know, can't go wrong with um, the, the, the the mountains and the, and the scenery that you get down there in uh, – so it's the South Island of New Zealand. Um, you got a market on any any sort of insights into uh, who might? Um, no, I think it's going to be pretty. A lot of the similar guys that were have sort of been playing quite well thus far. Um, I don't know that there's any other bigger names heading over, uh, other than the guys that have been playing on the Australasian tour. Um, no, I think Tom Powell will be one of the guys that'll be right up there again. Absolutely. Um, but no, I haven't. I haven't seen any other markets for it yet, to be honest. I was just, no, re- no. just reading here. So uh, 
After the second round, top 16 ties will continue to the final two rounds uh, to be played at the Millbrook Resort. So the field will be split across two courses at Millbrook Resort. The two courses across two courses at Millbrook Resort. So it must be 36. Yeah, okay. must be 36. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Um. So it's not at the hills anymore, right? Yeah, I'm sure that it used to be. I'm sure that um, unless I'm mixing it up with the PGA. Oh no, I think it was definitely at the hills. Yeah. At least two years ago. Um. Because yeah. they launched the Michael Hills short course there. Um, That's it, yeah. Darius Oliver built. Darius Oliver yeah. built Mornington just down the road. Um, yeah. Uh, cool. Um, well, there's a heap of Aussies across there uh, playing. Good luck to all of them over there. Um, saw a picture today of some of the Aussie winners previously. Jordan Zunich, 2014-15. Uh, yep. Jimmy Papadados, um, my love golf's very own uh, Matt Griffin. Who else? Uh, there's another podcast uh, person that we've played with over there. Um uh, who else was that? Peter Fowler, we haven't played with him. Um, I did. I played with Chuck Fowler. Did you play with Chuck Fowler? Yeah. He was fascinated by my uh, Hogan Apex Blade Irons. Uh, Brad Kennedy was the other. Uh, so between two of us, we've played with Matt Griffin, Brad Kennedy, and Chucky Fowler. Yep. Jeffrey Guan's got a great Chucky Fowler story. If you ever, ever get to meet Jeff Guan. Anybody uh, is very quiet, shy young boy, um, young man, um, seventeen, I think. Jeff is. Jeff played with Chucky. Uh, he's got a great. Jeff, he's great. Got a great Chucky uh, story. Um, anyway, that's for another time. Um, okay. So, who are we tipping at the New Zealand Open? I'm going to stick with our boy Tom Powhorn. Okay, I like it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think he's playing really, really good golf. I mean, it, Dave Nicolucci is clearly the best player. In the event, um, he's playing exceptional golf. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can see Tom and him being, you know, Tom's not, not that far behind him. He hasn't quite, he's had the one win this year. I think, um, because he's had two, but yeah, I think he could, he could pinch it. I think a week off doesn't do, do you any, um, any, any harm either. There's a few bigger names at this one. Obviously, it's got, uh, Asian tour status. Yeah, Brad Kennedy's there. I mean, oh, the guys that we'll, we'll call um, bigger names, but I mean, guys that have sort of maybe possibly been around a bit longer and and been uh, been playing on different tours. So Brad Kennedy, I'm just running my name, uh, running my eyes down the list now. Anthony Quayle, yeah, he's a, he's, he's a seasoned performer at uh, higher levels. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, even Demi Papadopoulos played like I said very well the other week. Um, Elvis Miley's back again. King of Japan's there. Brendan Jones. Yep. Won more times in Japan than you know, most people. Uh, Cameron John is listed there as a player but won't be playing. Cameron, unfortunately, has just gone, undergone surgery this week. He had a an injury that he was taking some time out from and um, has undergone had to go undergo some surgery um, for that, which was very um, sad to see. But uh, just as long as you know Cameron gets right and gets better, he's a great young man and a you know, super talented golfer. Louis Dobbelar's playing. Louis Dobbs is there, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's um yeah, I think it's a uh, it's a uh, Michael Sims there. So there's a few guys in, that have been playing around recently, like Nick Flanagan. Um there's some stalwarts there as well. I just saw um a, a name that I haven't seen in a very long while. Um Gareth Patterson's playing. Kiwi Gareth Patterson. I think he won the Vic Open about twenty years ago. There you go. Uh, Harrison Gilbert's playing. Now, Harrison's been playing in the... I don't know what the name of the tour is. It's like been in Thailand. 
Um, sorry, I'm absent on uh, absent on the the name of the tour, but Harrison won a couple of times on that tour. Great young fella, uh, Royal Melbourne member. Also used to be a PK member. Where I used to work at Cobra Puma. Um, he's playing. I can see Harrison there. Haven't seen him. Wade Ormsby playing. Yeah, Wade's back. So he's obviously come back from uh, Live, which we can just uh, round the podcast off and talk about that. Um, hmm. Yeah. That was a big week. Looking forward to watch it. It's in the right time zone to watch some golf anyway, which is good. Okay. Uh, live. Live golf. Don't blink. Um, yeah. Crushes. Yeah, like a- crushes. Go crushes. crushes. Yeah. Go yeah. crushes. Who's in the crushes team, Mike? I have no idea. I know that Charles Howell is because he won. Um, I don't know. I don't get it. I, I, don't, I don't know we've talked about this before. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Um, I'm, I'll preface this. I know if Blakey's listening, don't get angry at me, Blakey. I'm, I'm, I'm honest. I'm not against Liv. I'm really not. If people like Liv, I, I get it. Go go enjoy it. Don't Just don't tell me how great it is all the time. If it's great, I'll see that it's great. But it's just... It's the same. It's no different to, to the golf we've had forever. The only difference is there's teams, but the team stuff doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't I don't have any affiliation for it or care for it, and that might be just me. That's fine. It's no cut three days. That's different. Is that better? I don't know. And other than that, it's a shotgun start, which, makes, again, I hate it. I hate it. I, I, I used to just dislike it or not understand it, but no, now I hate it. If I'm watching a golf tournament and there's players coming down the stretch, like, so let's just say it was a close event. I want to say, oh, God, Cam's misleading this and DJ's charging for him. And I know Cam Smith two, um, three holes behind him, and we know he finishes on eight. Oh, no, no, hang on. Sorry. No, he doesn't finish on eight. He finishes on, I think he finishes on one. So he's going to have the pup. Come on, grow up. That's ridiculous. I know. I want to know the flow of the event. I want to know. I want to know. And again, maybe it's just me. I want to know what holes are coming up. I want to know that. Could you imagine Augusta, the Masters, as a shotgun start? Uh, where are you? St- oh, well, I'm, I'm halfway through uh, Amen Corner. Where are you? T- Come on, that's it's ridiculous. Absolutely, there's nothing good about it. It's not trying to be. Anyway. it's not trying to be the Masters. It's trying to be. Don't, don't let the people tell. They will tell you it's it's better than the Masters. Um, no, I know. I know. I get they're just trying to do something different, but just they need to sack that. That makes no sense. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, and and Unabound Lahiri, Charles Howe, Bryson DeChambeau, and Paul Casey uh, on the Crushers team. That uh, both- we should have put up a thousand dollars and said to anyone, if we were a live show, it'd be. Is a thousand dollars for the first person to call in and tells us who's on the crushes, but you can't look it up. Oh, we wouldn't ever have had to pay that thousand dollars. Oh, I know there'd be someone out there that would know. Uh, mad crushes fan. <laughs> mad crushes fan. Actually, I did the choose your live team the other week, and I think crushes was the team that I got given. Oh, really? I don't know why. Yeah, I can't remember what the other teams are called. Um. There, anyway, there are a couple of teams. I I don't know the whole full rundown of the results. Um. I watched it on the app. So yep. I tuned in via the app, and yeah. So I got the uninterrupted commentary. Um, yeah, look, that, for anybody, for anyone that can imagine, you had so much money that it got to a point where you didn't know how you were going to broadcast stuff. So you just started an app that people could stream live to their TV. The coverage that you're paying to do—that's unbelievable. 
Unbelievable. Uh, well, the coverage was, it was okay. There's a, you know, there's, I don't want to, I don't want to be the one that bags them, but yeah, it's, it's not as, not as engaging as what they're trying to be and uh, what they're claiming to be. Sorry. Um, yeah. I do think I, I sent him, said this to Blakey before, you know, whoever the rules guy is that they get, you know, there's a yeah. couple of rules scenarios there and they cross down to this rules. Oh yeah. The guy that, that they have that sitting in the background. Yeah. Yeah. But that should be Blakey. Like, yep. Like he should be doing that. Like, like if they want to get more youthful, engaged audiences, yeah. get the bloke who's got seven, you know, it's not a big YouTube following, but who's at least done something in the rules space to on in the online yeah. profile to try and build the game amongst, you know, the people that are clearly, I think. Yeah, that's like, a good idea. Blakey's cohort is, is this cohort. Um, but old mate from New York, uh, he doesn't, he just doesn't sound like he's uh, in congruence with the uh, the audience. And so get Blakey, yeah. Blakey, get out there and tell them you sort want to. Sort out, Blakey. Yeah, get across there. Like pay your own way, do whatever. You know, get out there and get it done. They, they, uh, they cover it. I think they cover it. I mean, for me, that bit, I don't think it's funny. I mean, the PGA Tour did that last year, and it is a good idea to have someone there to explain bits and pieces of the rules. Um, I know when Cam Smith was trying to figure out how he was going to take relief from up on the um, um, unplayable relief from up on the side of that hill, um, they had him to, to chime in. The, the coverage is the coverage, but again, I, I don't see it as any greatly different to the PGA Tour coverage or any other golf coverage outside of the fact that they keep telling me how great it is. I just don't, I hate, I hate being told that it's so great. And, and the other thing I hate, and I've talked about this before, and I will, this is probably the only other thing that I hate outside of the shotgun start, is the drone footage of the hole. Like, let's have a look at the 16th hole. And it's like they've got a racing drone to fly as awkwardly as possible. Like, I feel like I'm going to have, you know, a stroke watching it. It doesn't doesn't actually show me the hole. Like, if you're going to show me the hole, show me the hole. Don't race through it. Like, there's so much good stuff they could do there. I don't uh, know. Yeah, FPV and uh, golf course flyovers are not the right way to show a golf course flyover to describe the hole and some of the challenges uh, in and around it. Maybe mix in a bit of you know FPV drone uh, in other parts, but no, you want to you want to get that oh. drone up nice and high. You know, Blake, he can go over and do the real stuff. I'll go over and fly the you know the Mavic Three. Uh, Get over there and explain. Like the PGA Tour doesn't do it, do it very well. The Australasian Tour doesn't have the money to do it well. These guys have got anything they want to do. Like get great drone footage, do some, you know, some overlay, some drawings of where players don't want to be. Tell me what the stroke difference is if someone ends up in that pot versus missing it, if they're going for the green or not going for the green. Actually, one thing that they did, which was really good, which I quite liked, it was a bit basic, but I didn't mind it was when they were teeing off, they put a color-coded V that if the ball was going to let, like almost drew it on the ground, but from the behind the behind the player teeing off, that if their ball was sort of veering on the middle, it was going to be okay. But on these red lines, anything past that was going to be no good. And I'm not probably not describing it very well, but I, I like that. That was good. But yeah, there's other bits and pieces that just didn't, didn't do it for me. But you, I don't know. Can you tell me who's part of the high flyers team? Uh, you can ask me this all day. The only one I know is um, Cam Smith's team's called Ripper, Rip, Ripper, Ripper, and um, DJ is the ace, the aces. Okay, that's all I got. Uh, well, the high flyers is uh, Phil Bickleson, James Pyatt, um, Brandon Steele, and Cameron Tringale. Yeah, the triangle. No, 
Nah, I don't. Um, I, I don't dislike. I won't say I dislike the the team's piece. I just don't understand it. Don't don't keep shoving it down my throat. And I went to the app about twenty times this weekend to check scores, and the, it defaults back to the teams first. No one cares about the teams. They want to see the individuals. So that's what people are talking to and caring about. I like something someone suggested that I heard today. That the team aspect of it has to be really ramped up a bit more. Um, you know whether they can have a. You want to see maybe teams playing with teams like two v two. You know, have a more two v two type. You know, can they do that for an extra point or something like that? I, I, I like that idea that I heard today. Um, I know, but it's just too hard to follow. If yeah. they were doing it, the, the 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 best thing that they did was the finals last year when they had the teams playing the teams in the round robin, and hit, that was perfect. Yeah. That worked out very, very well, and that was conducive to being good to watch, and you could see the challenges of it. Whereas this, I don't. I'm going to try and look at what the teams finish at. Crushers GC finished three shots ahead of four aces. Charles Howell smoked the field. It was four shots ahead of Petty Uline. That's why they won, and I get that's why they won, but it doesn't. Uh, they're not the golfers that. You know the the live people would want to be uh, up there at the pointy end. Then they're not the ones that were there no. designed to be winning. Uh, Peter Uline and uh, Charles Howe. That was interesting. The chucky dribble sticks. Yeah, going, uh, look, look. going on about the AWGR and you know, mate, I made a whole fuss about it. Um, yeah, how it was wrong that they're not getting um, golf ranking points. And yeah. you know, how can Charles Howe be ranked three hundred and something in the world? Yeah, it was interesting. Simple. He doesn't play at any events. Yeah, exactly. uh, yeah, I got no sympathy for it. If if Liv wants to have um, OWGR points, they've been given the outlines of how they get them, and they just need to do that, and they'll get them. There's no, I've got no qualms about them not getting them. So no one send me a message saying I'm against it. If they do what they need to do to get OWGR points, which is pretty simple, they've been told from day one how you need to get it. You'll get them. Simple. Um, very good. Okay, well... Oh, no, no, I've got a question for you. Oh, go fire, fire, yes. Two, a serious question. Yep, I'm ready. Are you concerned about Cam Smith? In what way? He's outside of the Australian PGA. He's played the Aussie Open. Has he played anywhere else? He played the Saudi. I don't think he went... I don't can't remember if he went any well in the Saudi. And he's finished sixth this week. He's barely, I don't know, he'd be warming up. He's only finished 10 shots behind Charles Howell III at Mayakoba again. But he's not getting competitive reps doing this. He's going to be walking into the Masters where I think a lot of people, including me, think he fits that course very well. Is he going to be hardened, ready to go? Yep. Yeah. You reckon he is? 100%. Okay. Not a question. He's... no, he he could he can switch on throwing darts at pins like that. Okay, he just might not not have. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. But you know, in terms of in preparation for the Masters, I'm sure he'll be hitting, doing the reps, hitting the balls. Uh, you know, you're worried about him. You know, being under pressure down the stretch. I think he knows what that feels like. I think he knows how to do that. I know he does, but I think doing it regularly only. Sharpened you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'll wait until the first major. We'll keep track of how the guys that are not playing, or I'll just start with the live guys. I'll get the live guys and we'll, and we'll track how they go. 
and it's going to be hard to separate yeah. just poor form versus less reps. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure on Cam Smith and DJ to perform well. And no, I'm not talking about from me. I think from the live team, they would be praying that they play really well. In that four round, four rounds of the Open last year, Cam Smith experienced more playing under pressure than probably 90% of the Masters field have had in the last four years. Of course. Absolutely. No, no, no doubt about that. But again, that was probably six months in between that and mm. playing in the Masters. No, I get it. Um, yeah, he didn't go that well with the Australian Open, you know, like blah, blah, blah. But, um, but he won the week before. So he's, he did, he did. So just looking at his, he won the Open. He played the FedEx St. Jude, finished T13. Uh, Tour Championship, he finished 23rd. I think that would have been 23rd of 30. And then he went to live and then he played, he won the Aussie PGA, T47 at the Aussie Open and then missed the cut in Saudi. He won the first live, and then, he won the first live event as well. Uh, that, he, that he played in. He, did he? Why sure isn't that not listed here? Pretty sure he did. Oh, you know why it's not listed here? Because <laughs> I'm looking at the official, <laughs> official World Golf Rankings page. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, I didn't ever mean to do that. Uh, no, it was the not, first place I went to to I'm see not, his results. I'm not concerned. Um, okay. I'm probably con- more concerned about Brooks Kepka. Ah, uh, Brooks is, yeah. <laughs> gone. He's in all sorts. Um, will he be, well, the, yeah, will he be the first to affect the back? Imagine that. They've got uh, a, I don't he, know. You know. Who will be the first? That's obviously a, a question that's popping up on a, a lot of spheres. Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't think any of the guys will, will – I mean, I obviously wouldn't have the faintest, um, but I don't think any of them will. I mean, they've taken the money. They know what the, they knew what was going to happen. Um, I don't think anyone will get to a point where they go, nah, I've had enough of, I've had enough of this money. I'm going back. Um, I think a few of them might regret it. That wouldn't shock me. But, yeah, they'll do their time and then they'll figure out what they want to do after that. Mm. Whether they want to try and break the contract and go back, that's a different story. I can't see that happening. Are uh, they going to sit out 12 months? 12 months of not um, – period of, of not being – Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Twelve, Maybe 12 months between – I think when I looked at the some of the stuff, I mean, it will all depend on the contracts and what they did and everything else, but I don't know. There'd be benefits for the PGA Tour wanting them to come back or the DP World Tour is probably not really banning anyone, are they? I mean – if Brooks Kepka tomorrow wanted to give it all away, would the European Tour let him come and just play? Of course they Maybe. would. Of course they would. <laughs> and he's 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 proven that he can go over there and play historically. So yeah, I don't know. Your, don't know. your parents, you have to go and play the Australian Summer of Golf if you want before you two events. You've got to come back. No, they've got to play the TPSs and everything. You've got to. You've got to <laughs> if you want to come back, you've got to go and play the Australian Summer of Golf. You got to come and play that, and one GMGA event of my choosing. You got to come and play Riverside and Essendon. Uh, Riverside and Essendon. Oh dear. Yeah, you don't want to play that. Uh, okay. Do we give a tip for the uh, this week's PGA Tour events? Sorry, Mike. I'm, 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 I picked Morikawa. You were going to pick Ram. Yeah. Oh well, not decided. But... In Porto, in, in um, Puerto Rico. Yep. Um. Yeah, I didn't really pick anyone. We gave out a few names. Okay. Uh, are we done? We're done. Just want to say thanks to um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the jacket on for the photo after winning the jacket on Saturday Sunday down at the Dunes, which was I probably played the best golf I've played in my life for seventy five percent of the day, which was 
pretty weird. And one of the things that kept going through my head was um, something Jamie talks about. And it was around, you know, having no limit on, you know, if you get to a point where you're one under, you don't go, oh, I'm actually on target my best score. It's like, well, I can keep going here. I, you know, there's no limits what I can do here. And that's what I just kept thinking to myself. And I did that for a long way, which was really good. Uh, why don't we open with that? Oh, no, I've got to apologise. My, my apologies for not uh, giving you the credit, oh, no. credit to you in the GMGA. Uh, but, Mike, in fairness, like, it, this is this it, is your vehicle to pump your own tyres up, mate. <laughs> you, no, you, no. You are... it, it, was, it, was, it was a very good day. Um, to put it into context for everyone, so I'm a, my daily was 10, my GA is 9, and um, through 12 holes, I was one under off the stick. So that tells you how well I was playing. And I had a, I had three or four bad holes on the back nine where I didn't do anything drastically wrong. It just didn't, nothing worked. And I had, I think I had three or four doubles on the back. Which were the holes where you sort of started to unravel a bit? Was it it wasn't even that. It June? was, it was, it was the dunes. It was the dunes. Yeah. So I'd made the turn um, and was one under off the stick. I was two under for most of the front nine. And then, Back nine started with a really good par, um, a very good par should have been another birdie. I probably, honestly, if I'd made one or two more putts that were inside of 10 feet, I would have probably been three, four under. Um, where, did, where did you drive it to on 10? It's a tricky driving hole, that one. I went straight over the corner. Yep. Right down right down the bottom. If I, and we thought we'd lost it um, and I was a bit flat and then we found it in the right rough about, you know, 30 metres off the ground. Mm-hmm. Which was good. No, the par five um, 12th. Yeah. Hit a, hit a bit of squirrely drive. Um, did a really good job to lay up at 100 metres into the metre. Bit of a stiff breeze into the face and was right between uh, pitching wedge and gap wedge and thought, no, I don't uh, check the yardage book and said, no, the, the pin's in the middle. I'm going hit to the, hit the gap wedge because I think short's a little bit better than long and just didn't, didn't come back and spun back off the green and yeah, chipped it up to maybe 15 feet, um, hit the first one a little bit hard and then I had four feet coming back and missed the four-footer and it was all of a sudden it was a seven instead of a par and that was that. Ouch. Yeah, yeah that's it's, golf. It's a tricky hole, that par five. Like It's, it's brought a lot of people on the, the The benefit of it, it was downwind, like right downwind off the tee, which was a good start, but I didn't take the, make the most of that. Um, yeah, that was just one of those days. But that was all right. I won. So can't argue with that. So knock, uh, knock the handicap down. Uh, congratulations on the your, is it your third GMGA jacket? 11th. Oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> no, we've, been playing, we've been playing 11 years and uh, we have between 8 and 10 tournaments a year and my target is to try and win one a year and I'm on target now. Oh, so every event gets a jacket? You get the jacket and I get to keep the jacket until the next event and then I have to give the jacket back. Okay, so every event gets a jacket. So you get it's the same jacket from day one. Eleven year, eleven year old jacket. Eleven year old jacket. Yeah. Okay. So you want it because while you own the jacket, if say we decided we're going to go down to dinner down at the pub tonight, I could just walk in and the boys, anyone that was in the pub that was part of the GMGA, I can just say, "Oh, it'd be really nice of you to go and get me a beer, thanks." And then they got to go and get you a beer. Okay. It's actually you really want it at the end of the round, so you can just sit there and just. Drink red beers. Yeah. Well, that's a great uh, tradition in a lot of golf clubs. Uh, you know, the monthly medal. Uh, you get the monthly yep. medal. Um, 
Oh, where I grew up, it was called the monthly mug. It was a pewter mug. The mug, yeah. yeah. Everyone got a pewter mug, and you could for that month you could rock up and just slam it down in front of the bar on someone, and and they would have to fill it up. Um, so there you go. Uh, yeah. Monthly mug. Uh, I got a couple of monthly medals over there from Mornington uh, Golf Club, by the way, Mike. Uh, no jackets, but just a couple of monthly medals over there. Nothing ever since. I think that might have been the last trophy I won. 2011. There you go. Right over there. Uh, Mike. You drew. Oh, no, I don't think so. Um, my, my, I'm still flat from losing my long drive title at the Vic Open to Jeremy Cameron. Um, I, played- I talked about that today. Did you? Yeah, I said to someone. Someone was talking about Geelong and I said, yeah, the, the bloke plays with them. He's a... He's a- Cheat it off. <laughs> no, He's not really. No, but I just not. said, I can't believe how far he hit it. Uh, talking about Survivor, I played down there with a couple of Geelong locals who played in the um, uh, the other podcast, uh, Charity Day, and Jeremy Cameron won the long drive there with a four iron. Uh, and okay, hit, there you hit, go. Hit a 50 past everyone, but I played with Zach Tui. Um, it was always great to catch up with me. Uh, now, premiership winning Irish mate, Jack, uh, Zach, Jack, uh, Zach Tui. Um, we combined as a team. I'll tell you, so Zach, and I've played a bit of golf together, and uh, he loves getting in my ear. Like it's the closest I've ever gone to experience to playing on a fullback down, you know, as, a, <laughs> as an up forward player in an AFL context with Zach Dewey in my golfing ear. He and he gives it to me from the start every time we play, and yep. um, and usually I can maintain the composure and you know yep. better golf than Zach. So you know you've always got that up on him. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we were playing as a team. It's a two-man Ambrose, uh, two-person Ambrose uh, scenario. So we're playing as a team, and we weren't playing very well. It was hot. Um, you know, he had played 40 the night before, played three quarters, beat Hawthorne, you know, and... Um, belted Hawthorne. Belted Hawthorne. And uh, anyway, so we weren't playing that well. Not too bad, but we couldn't sink anything. And uh, anyway, we played at the end, and he stayed around, took a few photos of the kids, did all this sort of stuff that, you know, Local AFL heroes have to do. It was great, and he's very good with it. Um, we went out to the front. Beck, his wife, was picking him up, and uh, he turns to me, and says, "You know, I enjoyed today. Thanks very much." He said, "But I think I enjoy playing against you more than I do playing with you. So, if we, <laughs> so we won't do that anymore, all right?" And I said, "Yeah, no, fair. I'll see you later, bye." Um, so yeah, he doesn't want to play on my team anymore. Did you ask him about Jeremy Cameron's driver? Yeah, yeah. No, he he's fully aware of the prowess of Jeremy Cameron yeah, right. as a driver. Um, no, he's, he's, and I think Jeremy Cameron lets them all know. Yeah, there's a bit of a head wobble there um, whenever yep. that topic comes up. So, um, yeah, anyway, that was my last Friday with uh, Zach Tui. He doesn't want to play on my team anymore. Um, thanks for the round, Zach. All right, mate. Uh, you've got to get away. Uh, busy day off to Sydney this week. Sydney in the morning, yep. Okay. Third week in a row. Uh, really well, enjoying it. In, enjoy, uh, enjoy, my, enjoy my home state. Uh, is, yep. it, is it going to be raining in Sydney again? Uh, no, twenty nine tomorrow. Okay, so that'd be nice and warm. Just the perfect weather to be putting on a suit, sitting on a plane. All right, well let's uh, let's try and make some plans for some golf. And um, thanks everyone for listening. Get on, make sure you get your two times tips the tips in. Don't be the person that forgets because you never know if you're going to pick a winner. Are you going to pick John Rahm if you've left the John Rahm card up? Um, and make sure if you haven't. Put in a review on your wherever you listen to the podcast or put in a rating. Please put it in because it helps us massively. Or just tell someone to listen to it that doesn't listen to it. If you think it's good. If you don't think it's any good, then don't tell anyone. But yeah, well, that does help. 
if you've listened this far, you've got to think something about this podcast, <laughs> good, bad, or otherwise. You're thinking something. You're thinking, shut up, fellas, shut up. That's it. That's true. Um, but if you have listened this far and you, if you do think shut up, get out, um, go and leave a review or share this and say, listen to these guys. that They know their stuff well. Sorry, rephrase that. Mike knows his stuff and Ross knows how to press a record button. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on the My Love of Golf podcast. 